Scott, the host of the podcast you're listening to. Punch up your life. That's the name of the podcast you're listening to. Um, a guest comes in and they pitch me a movie that is based on their life. And then I give them concise notes and we see if we're still friends at the end. And so far it's been pretty good because I only uh, choose to interview people I really like. Um, because why wouldn't I? Why would I, why would I choose suffering? Um, which I only bring up because things are going really well. So I don't, I don't know what to talk about as much. Uh, I'm a little bit more nervous. What is, was Mark Marin talk about when everything's going okay? Who knows? Um, uh, you know, everything is reopening and I am scared about that, but I'm also excited to get back to life and yet everything's reopened, but I'm still recording this in a closet. So uh, baby steps, it's, it's going to be fine. But my, my guest today is Brie Watson and she's exactly what I needed. She was a ray of sunshine that just cheered me up so much. She's such a supportive person in uh, Canadian comedy. She's running all of the improv shows out of Niagara. She's at Second City. I've, I've, I've seen her perform everywhere. I've seen her perform in a duo we have called High Status Idiots, um, which is a lot of fun and I miss and is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we talk about Shay's Lounges far too much, some might argue, and some might argue just enough. Um but this is a different episode because uh, this is almost like our first sliding doors episode. Bree pitched me uh, a what could have been fantasy. And so we didn't have the regular structure to fall back on. And uh, I got her to pitch me some ideas. And we actually turned into the arc of a TV season. And I thought it was a lot of fun and worked really well. Um, but I'm sure you will give me feedback. But be gentle, please. I'm only trying to entertain. Um, and it led to a really interesting discussion because when you're just talking about fantasy, it gets into a lot of like childhood desire of who you wanted to be. And it, it's really, really positive and, and a, a real deep dive. Um, good job, us. Nailing it. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this one. It is really fun. And I, I have nothing to complain about. Nothing, no, no, no big tragedies happened this week that I can report on. And um, I like it when that happens. Um, dull intro, but a great episode. So uh, you're welcome for the episode. And you're welcome because the intro is over. Okay, bye. Yeah, so I, I never found the green high back chair, but it, it made me feel very seen. And so, like, it uh, it makes me really happy that you have a chaise lounge behind you. Yeah, I wish it was made from, like, any kind of cool. It is for sure, like, fake leather, faux leather, but uh, it is quite comfortable. It's good for reading. And mm -hmm. my cat loves it. So it's it's now her her chair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was what what was that for you? That was just like you less love the twenties or 
Uh, maybe a common. You know what? I went to a hotel once and I had and there was a chaise lounge that had like a little desk connected to it. And I was like, if I had this in my life, I would never need to move. <laughs> I would never need to do anything. It would just be perfect. Uh, right. Since then, I, I used to have a laptop. So now I don't have a laptop. So the the dreams of, you know disconnected or or <laughs> continually connected via Shay's lounge um uh, have since been you know it's funny because yeah why didn't we get another laptop anyway uh the, i also like the idea that if anybody comes into my office uh, and has you know concerns or anything we can have like a quick little freudian session yeah it's uh, very yeah. nice <laughs> just quick you know, psychotherapy. and Well, I like that you still have it. I like that sometimes <laughs> on the way to a dream, you stop and you find a new one. That's true. That's mm-hmm. deep, Andrew. Thank you for that. <laughs> I know. And we're only a minute and 40 <laughs> seconds into this podcast. You're welcome, audience. <laughs> you guys are lucky, guys and gals and everybody, yeah. I should say. Just bring in the heat. Uh, so, Bree, thank you for being here. Do you want to... Do you want oh, to I was explain say, thank you for pitch? having me. Uh, All right. Yeah, I'll let you say. <laughs> I say hate that. compliments. They make me uncomfortable. That's all of us. That's all comedians. Any kind of genuine positive emotions are very challenging for us. Um, I feel like I I'm on the Chaise Lounge right now. <laughs> that's right. If you were here, we can talk about it on the Chaise Lounge. Uh, I like how... Uh, unnecessary it is to say chaise and lounge because we know a chair is a chair and in French a chair is a chaise. So for me it's just like, oh, I guess it's lounge chair is what it translates to. Yeah. But but lounge, the word lounge I believe is not a French word. Lounge. But <laughs> I, I also then that makes me think that like the French probably had like a very relaxed attitude towards this chair and then Freud came along and now I don't think anyone naturally feels comfortable in a chaise lounge right away. Yeah, they know they're going to have their brains picked apart for sure and have to face uncomfortable truths about their parents. (laughs) (sighs) Well, um, yeah, I can look at my pitch. I had to find it to make sure that I said it properly. But um, right, because the the thing about this one and I've never done an episode like this before. So this is a this is an experiment. Uh, So, listener, usually um, the person comes in with a a pitch based on an actual story in their life. And this one, Brie, you wanted to kind of act out a fantasy. And so I I gave you the assignment of, like, give me, like, eight to ten headlines to pitch of what happens to you in this fantasy scenario. And I almost – I don't know if you want to deconstruct this as a whole – movie or like it kind of when i was taking a look at it almost made it easier as like a tv series oh so like each new episode is a different headline is exactly. a different potential outcome oh i like that. oh i didn't realize that people did like actual stories like events but that's fine so, we're here where so we far. are <laughs> so far and then i mean depending on the episode it's been like how much they extrapolate into it like sometimes they're like it's like this thing that happened but i've added time travel and ghosts well naturally exactly if you're gonna play play that's right uh okay 
All right. So where do we begin? So so basically what you came at me with was what would your life be like if you just inherited this cabin? Oh, yeah. So it was a cottage. My parents had this cottage on Lake Erie and uh, it was it was uh, this two floored. It was it was a cottage. So not quite a cabin like a cabin would have been great. (laughs) But It was a cottage. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think my parents must have bought it in the in the 70s because of the way it was painted on the inside. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I found out just recently that one of the rooms was uh, especially painted by my father. The the walls were all pitch black and the curtains were black and white and super psychedelic. There were, you know, uh, my mom had taken a trip to uh, Africa and brought home some like cool masks. And so there were masks hanging in this room. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really funky space. And um, did this room give you nightmares as a child? Be honest. I think I loved it. I think maybe my sister might have been terrified by it, but I remember being... Okay, so the room itself did not, but the masks did. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, some of the masks were like, because they make very es- expressive masks, I guess. I don't know if the idea was to have like, uh, if, if you wore them in battle or in rituals or whatever the case may be, but they were pretty terrifying. And I, for some reason, I have a, a memory. This might have been my parents uh, uh, honeymooned in Hawaii, so... I remember they had some like figurine that was made out of a coconut. So that guy also was unsettling to me. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. So that room uh, was really cool. There was a very small bedroom upstairs as well that was painted like this kind of weird, funky bluish. And that was like in the closet was where all all of the board games were every single board game mm-hmm. that's i mean that's not true there are plenty more board games now than there were back then um my parents you, know, you gotta have board games up at up at the cottage at the cottage you <laughs> absolutely uh should i continue to describe this cottage from my well, memory? yeah no, i like how 70s did it get because i grew up around my grandparents a lot and so that was an ultra 70s house with like my my grandmother had like Chinese hanging lanterns Ooh. in the living room with like this shag carpet and sort of this these two like orange couches that were almost love- had like a mandala uh, pattern on okay. them. Okay, which they were very conservative, but their tastes were not. I want that was just the seventies, I think. Yeah. You know? Like, I, th- I think that's the only choice they could make. <laughs> you would go to Sears and that's all they had. <laughs> Just pick, pick, pick the pattern that makes you the least dizzy and bring it home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there was like a carpet. I remember this carpet that uh, it was like a, I want to say like a cylindrical kind of thing. And each, then there were different like it was two different colors. It was this like god awful yellow and a brown, and it was like each kind of sur- each ring was either like alternating yellow and brown. But I loved that carpet. <laughs> it was you know by all intents and purposes it was uh, hideous, but I loved it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I'm sure the thing was haunted. My mom was sure that, or or my mom was told that. 
the property used to be a, a burial ground of some kind. I'm not sure if that's true. I don't think anybody ever confirmed that. I think maybe they were just trying to, you know, scare her. <laughs> right. But did you did you ever see anything up there or? Not as a kid, no. And even not, I mean, they got rid of it before I could probably care too much about, even play with the idea of ghosts. Mm-hmm. But I guess the, I, I mean, yeah, I was still quite young. I bet if I'd have been like a teen or even like a, you know, a a tween, (laughs) I could have got into the idea of there being ghosts, but I think I was too young. So what, um, what was the cabin to you as a whole as a kid? Oh, I loved this place. It was, uh, it was summer, you know, it was a escape. It wasn't even that far away from my parents' place. You know, it's like maybe a, 40 minute drive if that from my parents place uh but for some reason you know when you're a kid time is weird (laughs) it felt like it took us forever to get out there Mm -hmm. uh and then it was just you know there was uh it it was on lake erie so you could just run down to the well you couldn't really run down because it was like i don't know if you've had uh, the pleasure of visiting many beaches on lake erie andrew but there's plenty of rocks it's very rocky in places uh, and then eventually a little bit of sand. But as a, as a kid, that's a very specific thing. Like, well, which beach are we going to go to? And there'd be like the rocky beaches, the soft, sandy beaches. And like, there are just some beaches. I and mean, it's like, not worth it. Yeah. Not worth it. I won't enjoy myself. Yeah. And my, uh, my mom, I think, had some, I don't know if it was like maybe before I was born or maybe early on. My mom was like feared the water, I think, because the Lake Erie had a, a pretty significant undertow. Uh, and uh, I think, you know, maybe uh, maybe some kids ended up further out than she would like them to go. And I think she had a moment of panic, like, oh, my God, my kids are going to go over the falls or whatever the case may be. I have a weird thing. Not to make it dark, but I am named after a person who drowned to death. Wow. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like, like a family a, member, a friend? A family member, yeah. Okay. How did that go into that? Get on okay. the chaise and let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, what I was going to say is that like I have a very neurotic relationship with water because of that. Because my parents are both like, you are going to learn to swim. And once you know how to swim, you will never go in the water. <laughs> like it was a, a weird jinx. Oh, that and, is. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so who was was so and I imagine it's it was cousin Andrew or uh, uncle, uncle, uncle Andrew. Andrew. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, who I think they 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 called Andy. Which is why I never ended up in Andy. They're just like, (laughs) nope, we can't. But the weird thing about it is, is people will tell me that he is the only person in the family that I look like. And they're just like, it's almost like a weird reincarnation vibe has happened. That's I'm like, that's a bit much. But it turns out my mom is drinking buddies with a woman that turned out to be my dad's next door neighbor as a kid. Okay. And so I come home one night and uh, they've had a few and I've never met this woman before. And the first thing she says to me, like she sees me and she's gobsmacked. She's like, I don't know how to tell you this, 
but when I was your age, I had a crush on your uncle and you look exactly like him. I'm like, sweet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> New stranger. Yeah. Um, although so, she, she is actually awesome. Oh, she, nice. uh, she owns a, a horse ranch and she teaches people how to ride. And that like, sounds like um, a dream job. Yeah. There's a, there's a carnival not too far by with a, a tiny train Oh, man. that kids will ride and she will be paid every once in a while to grab a couple of people and they rob the stagecoach. <laughs> and oh. she's also taught a few celebrities how to ride whenever they're uh, filming a movie in Winnipeg. So she actually uh, hung out with Chuck Norris and Brad Pitt. Oh, those that's a handful. Do you yeah. hear that rain right now or am, are we doing okay? Because I could close my window. I don't hear rain. Oh, perfect. It just started yeah. pouring rain out of nowhere. So that's fun. Uh, I mean, it adds to ambiance and stuff. But yeah. Oh, good, so, good. So weird relationship with water. Like I, yeah. I get it. Um, I think a lot of people have, I guess once you've had like a negative experience with it, you're like, fear the water. But I, I feel like that's just nature in general. Like sure. people will love to stop the car and be like, look, bears, but mm. don't get out of the car because it's bears and we should be afraid. Yeah, but also look at the majesty of the bears. And now we're going to go camping not too far from where we just saw dangerous bears. Like, it's a really conflicting message. Yeah, we should be out in nature. Oh, but put your food up real high so that the bears can't get yeah. it. But the, <laughs> they'll still smell it up there. Right. And let's just hope the coyotes don't show up. Oh, geez. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you guys went to the cabin, did you like change identities as a family? Almost. Did you have a a, at the cabin persona or? I think I was just like happy and a kid, you know, (laughs) there there was a. I don't know. I spent a lot of time in the water to the point that like my my mom would always have to like extract me from it because I'd be blue and she'd be like, it's time to get out. And I'd be like, Mm. no, I live here now. Uh, Lots of I don't know. It was just so relaxed. It was, you know, oh, there was a mini putt nearby that was amazing. Uh, One time my uh, my sibling. So my brother, my sister and I went to play mini putt. And uh, we got to the, I think it was just a, a nine hole, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, nothing crazy. Uh, and I think my brother convinced my sister to um, reach under the, because there was kind of like a little fence-ish covering the top of the hole because the ninth hole was the last one. And uh, if you got a hole in one on the ninth hole, you won a free game. So my brother, being the shit disturber he is, convinced my sister to just grab the ball, put her arm under and and then, you know, give herself a hole in one uh, just to, you know, see what would happen. And then uh, she won the hole in one. And then Mm -hmm. we went back to the cottage and my brother ratted her out for cheating. (sighs) (laughs) He was such a shit disturber. And she's the middle child, you know, so she's got there's already, you know. Yeah. Stress. A lot being of pressure. Yeah. Right there. Um, I remember. Do you remember when gumball machines had like a black or a white gumball that was like a prize gumball? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, one day at like a Perkins, which is like a, a Manitoba yeah. 
Denny's or we have Perkins here. Oh, you do? Yeah. I've never seen them. I've been here five years. And oh, like, you got to come down to St. Catharines. I'll take yeah. you to Perkins. <laughs> It'll be you and everybody over 60. <laughs> well, one day, my brother, he he got the winning gumball. And just like, I want a one. And we got our prize at the, the, the Perkins, but they forgot to take the gumball away. So okay. my stepdad <laughs> had just... Keep- like, I don't know if he'd like taken the day off work, but he certainly was just like, whatever I had planned for the day is gone. And we just systematically went to every <laughs> place we knew had one of these gumball machines with a winner. And we're just like, well, I won. And we just loaded up a van full of free shit Amazing. for like a day. What were these prizes? Were they like they were gift like certificates? Donuts or- oh, nice. Or like super bouncy balls or <laughs> uh it really depended on the place we went but it was it was pretty great amazing yeah yeah that's Thanks. amazing i've uh, there's a midway here and i've always wondered what it would look like to sort of trick the system but i think the midway's too it's too smart <laughs> they've got it all figured out we'd need like a uh what do we oceans 11 kind of break in <laughs> yeah <laughs> to rig yeah, the system I, like I don't know what it says about me that one of my favorite childhood memories involves con artistry, but it it's true. It does. It's small scale. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because yeah. the stakes were low. Uh, I mean, it's and it's a fun. It's fun to see grownups engage in very silly behavior like that. Like this is very important. <laughs> right. Actually, I don't think I had seen my stepfather be silly before that moment. Ah. Uh, really? Yeah, no, because this goes back to your original pitch of uh, uh, little inside baseball listeners. Originally, Brie wanted to do a fantasy of if she uh, had joined the army because you used to be in ground cadets. Or air, uh, sorry, army cadets, army cadets, army they call them. Yeah. <laughs> so my stepfather was in sea cadets and then okay. became an instructor and he still like loves to sail and stuff. And it became a very big deal that my stepbrother and I did not go into uh, sea, sea cadets. cadets. Wow. But, like, so he really wanted you in there. At first. Yeah. And then like weirdly one summer I heard him talking to a friend when he thought that I was asleep. And he was just like, honestly, it used to bother me. But now, like, the both of them, they just, like, uh, they wouldn't have responded well to the structure of it. It's really not for everybody. Right? (laughs) Not everybody likes to be told what to do and told to march around and, you know, uh, yelled at for not behaving appropriately. I don't think it's for everybody. Right. And, and yeah. I Not think get, I like the idea of eventually getting to the point where I get to be that person. <laughs> right? No, no. And like not to get on your chaise lounge again, <laughs> but like I, I definitely have problems with structure and authority figures. So what? A comedian with problems with authority? I get know, out. right? Get out. <laughs> uh, oh, so I wanted to ask. So if the, the cabin was psychedelic, Yeah. How much of that was theoretically the way your parents bought it or was it more your parents made it psychedelic? And do you think they did drugs? 
originally I thought that they had bought the cottage like that. But honestly, this like this past week, I found out that my dad had actually painted. It was just that one bedroom. Like the rest of the bedrooms were painted just kind of fine, you know, like not particularly interesting but this one bedroom was like my the product of my dad's rock and roll (laughs) you know fantasy (laughs) as far as I know like my parents have never I don't think my mom ever did no I don't think my mom ever did drugs Uh, maybe my dad but he has not but your dad definitely he might have but I think he he was in a rock band for a while and you know like he took my mom to a Grateful Dead concert for crying out loud you know what I mean like okay there oh and Pink I think they saw Grateful Dead and Pink Floyd and my mom was like I think just being there made me high (laughs) it's like come on yeah of course (laughs) my dad has never done any drugs like he just told me like I smoked pot twice I didn't get high and I threw up both times which makes me also think like I don't know if you were smoking pot like that doesn't sound right maybe pot in the 70s was stronger I I don't know but his favorite band is Pink Floyd he loves John Vangelis and Yes and like loves yeah. all these like weird cinema verite films. And I'm like, I don't think he realizes that he is a middle class conservative Christian stoner. Yeah. If he, he would have ju- if he would have just, you know, found the right blend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have really increased his uh, experience with those <laughs> with those forms of entertainment. Yeah, because it's just when I think Jerry Lazat. I think Pink Floyd in a big way. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a product of where they're from or where they were living. Like I, I imagine is Winnipeg. A, Winnipeg's probably a pretty conservative place. Is it? Uh, I would say yes. It's a conservative socialist place. Yes. Okay. Because of the nearby farming and whatnot? All the farming. Yes. All the farming is socialist. I gotcha. But they're conservative about their socialism. <laughs> right. They want uh, they want subsidies from the government for their farms, but they also want to make a bunch of money on their farms. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so the of this uh, premise of mm-hmm. you just inheriting this cabin. Yeah. Cause so what? eventually they ended up selling it. And I, so in my mind, I was like, what if instead of they, instead of them selling it and, you know, uh, paying e- for each of their children to go to a university for a year, what if instead of that guaranteed year of university, I could have just lived in this cottage forever. <laughs> right. Okay. But what is that? Why are you drawn to that fantasy? Mm, I love the water. I'm like obsessed with the water <laughs> and particularly that lake. And I'm sure it has something to do with the fact of, of growing up there. Um, the one, the like master bedroom in that room or sorry, in that cottage was uh, had these like glorious windows that you could open up and just hear the hear the waves crashing against the rocks. And it was like the most peaceful Thing ever. Even as a child, when you're like not concerned about things being peaceful, you're just like, I want to play. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. being like, oh, this is the best. This is the best. I loved 
uh, storms on the lake were the coolest, even though they were so loud. Like as a kid, I should have been terrified by them, but I was so fascinated by like the lightning and the uh, the lightning over the lake, and then huge crashes of thunder. There, I think it's just the the attraction to the to nature and to the proximity of it, and knowing that now, if, if this place ever went, you know, for sale or whatever, it would be upwards of at least a mill to get it back, you know, because the mm-hmm. real estate market uh, market is so fucked right now. Am I allowed to swear? Did I already swear? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, great. Swear as fucking much <laughs> as you fucking want. Shit, yeah. I'm so sorry, Mom. <laughs> Does your mom uh, listen to your podcast? That's sweet. <laughs> I I think she's she would more like listen to it for dirt. She wants to know what I'm <laughs> what's, saying. What's my boy up to? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know why she sounds like that. She's <laughs> I made her sound like a real old it lady. Villain. Like, I'm what's sure my boy up to? Like there a little bit more, a little bit more Stepford. Mm, okay. Wifey. Mm, yeah. What is this? What is my boy up to? Hmm. Yeah. What will the neighbors say? Um, <laughs> so who do you think you would have been had you stayed in this cabin? Oh, my like, God. Like, is it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I envision like, uh, like, like Johnny Depp in Secret Window-ish kind of writer, you know, <coughs> recluse. Uh, it's just, it's just me in the water, you know, like when people, when I go down to the local concessions grocery store, <laughs> people whisper, you know, they're like, oh, she's out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> do you like, do you like the mystery of it? The power or the, over the community or? I think the cop. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The, just the mystery. Yeah. Of what, what is this woman up to? You know, what is she, what's going on in there? I'd probably have a bunch of cats. Let's not pretend <laughs> that I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they would, you know, and then <laughs> if they ever died, I would give them like proper cat Viking mm-hmm. burials on the lake, <laughs> you know. So, so part of this for you is, is like enjoying becoming a figurehead of the community. Or even enjoying, uh, not you know enjoying being the talked about but never talked to does that make sense yeah 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 it's still a kind of power but it's like the power of anonymity and yeah mystery like a little jd salinger when he went off and didn't want to be disturbed you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i think if i wouldn't want my books turned into movies (laughs) I think basically it's a yeah it'd be a huge salinger ripoff <laughs> um oh i wonder if it's just the, like more episode ideas uh, <laughs> excellent so in your mind if we do make this into a, a tv series like mm-hmm. is there a cast of characters that you know are in the town do you remember people around the area I think the only okay so I guess as far as memories of people go I remember two neighbors because one was a relative we actually had a neighbor who was a cousin who lived on one side uh, and on the other side we had another neighbor who we just hated for some reason they my I don't even know my parents did not get along with them and I honestly if I were to think about it now it was probably just because they liked to party he probably was just a little noisy and liked to drink beer 
you know, louder and longer than my parents did. Uh, but other than that, unless there's something that I, you know, I don't, I'm not remembering because that, that could be the case too. Like the guy could have been a, a real shit, but I don't know. <laughs> and so there's those, the neighbors, there would be definitely the man, like the old man who ran the mini putt, who I don't really remember. I just have this sort of vague idea of the, you know, man who ran the mini putt. Mm-hmm. And I also like, um, there used to be, a trailer park like campsite not so not a trailer park but a campsite where you could bring your trailer uh to camp for the summer right next to the uh mini putt but it's no longer open so i don't know if my if i'm allowed to live in the world where that campsite is still open because i used to have a buddy of mine from uh from school who would stay there with his family in the summertime. So every once in a while, we'd like connect with them. In fact, that's the first place I ever drank beer, I think, as Ooh. a six-year-old. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's pretty appropriate. That's yeah. uh, It's like the uh, quintessential Canadian experience, drinking mm-hmm, a beer at mm-hmm. a campsite in the summertime and then spitting it out onto your dad. <laughs> right. Because it was gross. And your parents are just like, eh, it was only 5%. It's probably fine. Yeah, it was watered down American beer, probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so in this scenario, do you know why you moved up? Is mm-hmm. it like, are you running from a mysterious past? Do you have amnesia? Did you maybe, like wash up on the shore? Like maybe in this scenario... Like, I love the idea that my parents like, okay, I don't love the idea of my parents not being around. But in this scenario, for it to work, maybe they died in a mysterious accident. And, and, you know, I inherited the cottage. Does that that work? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or they like moved away to another country, in which case, you know, they're still alive and well, and I don't have to feel bad about (laughs) wishing them gone. I mean that that's fine too. I just like if you have an idea why you left your life in the city to like commit to the mm. and we can figure that out as we go. We can figure that out as we go. I'm wondering is that the case or in this reality did I never have a life in the city and I just lived there from the get-go? Oh, that's um, a question because then I wouldn't have any sort of no, I think maybe you're right. We have to have the the history of the city in order to appreciate the contrast. Hmm. I also just like the idea of you having a dark secret. Mm. I don't know why. It's just always fun. Okay. Okay. My I like go-to it. that I wrote down because I, I wrote down a thing of like possible dark secrets. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's just fun for me. And I like <laughs> to imagine that you were doing an improv show. But okay. you didn't honor the suggestion. And the I mean, audience <laughs> gets livid. They're like, oh. I said banana. And they never said banana in that scene once. And you like get chased out of town with like fiery torches. And like, yeah, you just need a place to hide. The thing is, they didn't understand that what I did was walk into the scene and remove a jacket, which is basically the, you know, <laughs> me honoring the suggestion they just didn't understand the jacket was the peel the of the peel. banana yeah. yeah but they didn't get it they were a uh they weren't a very astute audience and definitely right. 
packed pit pitchforks with them at comedy bar and chased me they, out. they weren't a chaise lounge crowd no let's put it that way. exactly mm-hmm. it was a <laughs> from the brick with no armrests which is bizarre how can i lounge if my arms are just dangling maybe it's even more loungy who knows <laughs> <laughs> I you do need enjoy the stability. that. <laughs> um, okay, so like breaking these down, I kind of like picked the. I've got it into ten, and I think you pitched eight. And okay. I'm just going to talk you through each episode because I broke it down into what I think could be an arc. Oh, this is amazing! <laughs> and and like I. Uh, the other thing too I like is that it's almost like every episode is its own genre of episode. Within That's the- perfect. So, like, first the off, improviser in me is very satisfied with the <laughs> with the variety of <laughs> of genres right. we're about to explore. So, like, the first one that made sense to me is a very like Aaron Brockovichy kind of episode because you get to the cabin, and again, audience, this is these are all headlines that Brie gave me ahead of time. Uh, you find asbestos in the cabin. Or on, it was like covering it. the cabin or the, it was like all of the, t- like the, you know how like, what do you want? There's some houses have brick, some houses have tile, all of, or is it tile? Yeah, it's called tile. Siding? Yeah. Siding. siding. All of the siding was asbestos. It was asbestos siding. Okay, I just thought when you said tile, I was imagining like the countertops and you flip it up and like, it's all asbestos, (laughs) the whole thing. (laughs) Just no, just the entire outside of the house or cottage. (laughs) Just the whole thing. It's like a gingerbread house, but with asbestos. (laughs) With asbestos, yeah. And still candy in there. You just have to get through the asbestos to find the candy. But I like like starting there because essentially if you have moved to this town – and you just like you need to start over. You need a place to stay, and this cabin is just so run down and ragged, and just just a mess, mm-hmm. like hole in the roof kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really you fighting for your life back. Mm. Yeah. I like that, Andrew, because part of me growing up. I studied poli sci at university and there was always uh, there was always a thought that maybe I could become a lawyer. Like, you know, I thought about law school enough that I was like, maybe. And then was like, no, that sounds like too much work. But it was yeah. it was in there at some point. It was like, oh, do I do do I do common law or do I do a mix of common and civil so that I could practice in Quebec is what now, never mind. This sounds mm-hmm. way too complicated. Uh, I'll just become a comic instead. <laughs> and, and I, I, I like it too, because asbestos is like, if you're taking on some like Monsanto type corporation to like cast off any allegiance you had to the city. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the headquarters of whatever, I mean, I guess asbestos all comes from a very specific place in Quebec, right? So I, I, <laughs> Canada is the leading distributor of uh, asbestos. And I think it's, is it not fr- named after the town or city of asbestos, Quebec? Or is it what, anyway, one, of the, one or the other? Did the product itself inspire the name of the town or vice versa? Chicken I don't know egg. if it's like a mining town situation yeah. where it's just like, 
<laughs> we can't stop mining coal. It's the infrastructure of the whole town. That's what keeps it alive. Yeah. They're, and they sit. Yeah, we do make a lot and send a lot to China where they don't care so much about people's breathing. <laughs> that could be fun, too, if like the entire backbone of the small town you've moved into is asbestos. So you put the town out of work the very oh, first no. thing. That's what I do when I get there. The whole town is against me, but ultimately I save their lives. Right? That's what I'm fighting for. Right. But they don't know that yet. We they have a whole know. season. Mm-hmm. A whole There's season like, to yeah. I uh I end up having a relationship with a who ha- with a man who happens to be like a lung specialist. Yeah. In the local hospital and uh you know I don't know. I tell him, maybe I tell him since moving here, I've developed a bit of a tricky, you know, a little bit of a asthma, let's say asthma. He checks it out. Sure enough. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't happen that quickly, but maybe there's another, maybe there's a friend that I meet or a neighbor that I meet. Who's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, lots there's of definitely cons- a country doctor. People love yes. a country doctor. Oh, especially in Quebec. They come straight to your house. That's basically <laughs> it. The only oh, difference wow. is this time they're not like have a million babies, even if you die, because that's what it used to be. <laughs> oh, wow. Because like, I like the idea of you're doing this noble Aaron Brockovich thing. But then the B story that we see the side of is almost like the movie Coal Miner's Daughter. Oh, I don't think I saw that. Oh, it's all about I think it's Loretta Lynn. I okay. want to say. Oh, yeah. The, and it's just about like a girl that dreams of getting out of the small town or like it's it's a picture of a small town and the the coal mines being shut down and the <laughs> so I'd almost like it if there was like a local waitress that just wants to get out of the city and to the city where she can sing or yeah. something like that but the whole infrastructure of this town yeah and she has she has problems singing because her breathing is so fucked up from all the asbestos right she like resents you but you also helped her I'm like so don't I'm like, you understand I'm here I'm here so that you can do what you're, you can live your dream. And that's it, right? Aren't some people more afraid of succeeding than, you know, actually, that's what keeps them from doing the thing, their fear of success. Get on the I couch, mean, Andrew. I think if we were to ask a therapist right now, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, denial pays for my house. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Uh- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Well, that that actually works really well into like second episode. Hey, you know what's great about that too, though, Andrew, is we could do Mm -hmm. it in French as well and sell it to two separate markets. Ooh. Mm. That would be really fun. It's in Quebec. Très bien. A lot of French country singers, I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. Definitely folk singers. Oh, yeah, for sure. That seems like a very friend. Well, Leonard Cohen, but. I wonder, but not enough to to look into it myself. (laughs) Also, as as long as we've gone back to it, I never thought of asbestos being a French word. To me, if I had to put an ethnicity to asbestos, the the voice I hear is Spanish. Asbestos. Yes, exactly. It's Antonio Banderas being like, asbestos. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even sound like a French word when you say it in French. Asbestos. Nope. We all learned something here today. <laughs> to appreciate our French heritage and be afraid of asbestos. That's right. <laughs>
That's right. So I, I think that the the whole town hates you. You've alienated everyone. Mm-hmm. It goes nicely into the um you start running ghost tours. Fuck yeah. Out I of do. the cabin. Yes. Because I figure the cabin is already like torn to pieces and rickety and stuff at like you've ruined the town. So I can very much see that old timey thing of like kids watching outside the front property being like a witch lives there. Mm, Oh, I like that very much. Yeah. Uh, I also like the idea that the ghost tours bring in uh, tourism to the town, but the town actually resents it as well because they don't like outsiders. Right. Which but they is do just... also like being in everyone's business. So yes. you're letting them go into your house. Mm, that's right. Mm-hmm. And they, and so the, yeah, they get to find out a little bit, but is it really like, there's gotta be one room in the house that nobody's allowed to access. And for the sake of it, it's either going to be that one room where the where I can hear all the water. Yeah, that's my own space. Yeah. Or the yeah, because they definitely have to go to the psychedelic room because that one's probably the most haunted. Right. And you can put like a little chalk outline down there. Yeah. On the black floor. Absolutely. The floor is black. So I can definitely paint paint some a white body shape. (laughs) And something I would just love to say, because you're in Niagara right now, right? I am, yes. My favorite thing about Niagara Falls isn't even the falls. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> My favorite thing is the low-rent wax museums. Oh, yeah. Because there is one that is like the top 10 serial killers of all time. Yeah. And then there's one that's the top 10 famous prisoners of all time. And oh. listeners, they are very different. We do not have time <laughs> to get into it, but like... And the wax is like, they're old. They have yeah. melted from the, the heat lamps. Of course. They've been there a long time. Like, I know, like, uh, the ones that have celebrities and stuff, they'll be a little bit more modern. So, you know, not as much melty face. But, uh, yeah, because I think that the Hall of Criminals or whatever has been at the top of the hill a long time there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I also <laughs> love, like, that old-timey, like carnival freak show aspect to it like step right up and see the horrors within yeah there's a couple of yeah it's so it is it speaks to another era for sure and then it's weird to see it like try to combine with like modern stuff where it's like now you could go on the wwe pile driver ride and it's like this doesn't i don't know this doesn't (laughs) fit (laughs) i wanted to learn about murder yeah more murder please (laughs) yeah so I'd, I'd love to see you like slowly turn the house into a little bit like you just start charging kids like a dollar to come into the house mm-hmm. and be scared. Oh, I love it. Do I because this is something that happens on Clifton Hill and Niagara Falls. There are people who like hide in places and come out and scare people. Do I hire people to do that in my haunted house? Probably. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. 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 You're boosting the economy again. People like, in a weird way, you're ingratiating yourself to the community. Yeah. So they're yeah. mad about it, but they're also, they can't be that mad about it because their restaurants are more, you know, more people are coming to eat at their restaurants. More people are buying kitschy souvenirs. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Oh, man, I like this. Which... <laughs> 
which like goes into my third one is Brie tries to relax by looking at a bunch of water and stuff. Yeah. And, and I kind of like adapted it a little to be like, <laughs> okay, maybe good, it's cause... the wine thing. Like maybe you get in with like the wine ladies. You know, like... I like that. Cause the back of the cottage, so there, it was very strange. So the cottage was uh, like lakefront property and behind the cottage, there was just like an open kind of field, not a huge field, but an open field. Like if this existed in Toronto, it would be like, what do you mean? This is a field. There should be a condo here. Not even that big. It'd be a very small condo, but you know what I'm saying? Like there would be room for another house on this property, but only a house, mm-hmm. not yard or anything. So I love the idea of just like planting a very small, you know, vineyard in that backspace and making it a very like niche winery. Right. Because I also figure that as you've been doing the ghost tours, like the gossipy people come in mm-hmm. and then you you basically get invited to what is classically called a stitching bitch because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you have good gossip. I have good gossip. I have intel because I know who gets scared of what and what they reveal when they do get scared, you know? And you're the most controversial person in the town. You are the talk of the town. Yeah. Whenever I encounter somebody at the local grocery store, they tell me what they think about me, regardless of whether or not I've asked, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely had that as a kid, but it was the video store. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did they what? Did they judge your choice of videos or did they you? They very much did, yes. Oh, that's not right. Yeah. How are you supposed to evolve as somebody with their own unique tastes if the people at the video store are just criticizing your choices? Well, and also like if you're the curator of the movie store, mm-hmm. why do you have movies you hate? As somebody who used to work at a movie theater, people would often come up to me and be like, what should I like? What do you recommend? And I always found that question very challenging because I'm like, what I recommend you probably won't like. You know what I mean? I would like mm-hmm. base. I would make snap decisions based on how people were dressed. Be like, you're not going to like Lord of the Rings. So why the fuck ask me? You know, go see a uh, step up to the streets. That's what you're here to see. You know, don't ask me my opinion on what I think you should see. I'll tell you what I think you should see based purely <laughs> on uh on you know me judging you which is probably not the best way as an improviser now i know that's not the best way to do it but don't assume i am going to tell you the movie you want to see make up your own damn mind (sighs) obviously Mm -hmm. you've touched a nerve here (laughs) oh no i used to work at a video store years later and i suddenly like i get why that guy was so angry (laughs) all the time all the time oh yeah because then it would turn into like you have not picked the right movie for me how dare you and i'm like now you're judging me yeah you asked i gave you a recommendation by no by no means does that mean you were guaranteed to enjoy this film you know Mm -hmm. but there was no contract in place that said you will enjoy this you simply asked me my opinion Right. It's just like you're upset with me because you have no agency. Right. You can't. Yeah. Uh, Right. That's it. Exactly. If you had done your research and, and, you know, maybe done a little bit of uh, inner 
you know, I don't know who you are a little bit. Self-exploration, then you would understand that this is not a movie for you. I oh, I have so many stories from that place, but I think the one I can tell that is the most real. <laughs> I, I can tell a little bit off mic, but there was a woman who came in and I guess someone had recommended her train spotting. And this was very much a, a middle-aged church lady. Okay, yeah, no, not the film and for she was her. Just like, this she movie. wasn't a big fan about uh, of uh, uh, heroin addicts who shit <laughs> all over uh, the bed. That wasn't a big pleasant moment, or like dead babies didn't. Yeah, uh, didn't exactly. To speak but she to comes her. in, she's like, "Someone recommended me this movie glorifies drugs, and it's like a celebration of a party lifestyle." I'm like, "Did you watch mm-hmm. the whole thing?" You're like, "No, I only watched up until this point." And I'm like. I'm not saying you have to watch the second half, but I'm just saying that the the second half is a sharp turn. That's the point. <laughs> the point is uh, things aren't all, uh, you know, puppies exactly. and lollipops for the heroin addicts in Glasgow. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it. Heroin, not the best idea. No, not so great. Not so great from... Uh, uh. <laughs> but but uh, part of the reason I, I like this episode, too, if you joining like the cottage country stitch and bitch, mm. is it really like if you haven't pissed off your next door neighbor who hates you for no apparent reason other than mm-hmm. your house is probably an eyesore. Now there's people lined up around the block. They're noisy. If it's a modern tale, then, yeah, that's for sure. Lowering his uh, the retail value of his house for sure. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he would want me mm-hmm. gone just so that somebody else would come and and make the property look prettier instead of more and more terrifying every year. And and then into the next episode, the fourth episode is one day you're looking out on the water and you're doing wine yoga. Maybe mm-hmm. you've had a few. Oh my god, I love this. I love this but journey see, for me. The Loch Ness Monster. Shit. Yeah. Right? Like, Nessie has made her way from Loch Ness through, you know, the various modes of sea travel and has made, has ended up in Lake Erie via the canal, I imagine. <laughs> There's always a canal. Thanks, ex- yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and also, you don't know if Nessie has legs or not. Maybe she can choose what pond she wants. That's true. Maybe she has offspring. Maybe it's you know one of her uh, one of her offspring has managed. You know, like a lot of British people ended up emigrating or immigrating, emigrating. Which one is it? Immigrating to Canada. You know, it's only natural that their uh, folkloric creatures have also made their way here. Mm-hmm. That's why we have like Wendigos and oh, uh, the, Sasquatch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh man, I think I just learned about a Wendigo not too long ago, and I was like neat <laughs> uh yeah okay great so i see loch ness which is first of all it's another attraction for people to pay money to come see like i don't know andrew if you've been to scotland uh but there are well tons- i know in bc they've got the 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 dead mermaid like the mermaid skeleton Ooh, creepy it's in like i think jasper bc and That's do they a have like deal tourist shops and stuff where you could buy little skeletons and little mermaid things yeah yeah pretty much 
Yeah, because in in Loch Ness, that's there's lots of little gift shops where you can buy all of the Nessie merch, you know, and all of the Scottish stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Maybe I build a, a small uh, gift shop adjacent to the house where well, I can sell this, you know, or maybe it's in the house. And I mean, part of it, too, is I'd like no one believes you think mm-hmm. you're crazy and maybe there's the video store slash general store guy and he's just like no i've seen it too of course he has like, watch watch this video or something but the from an emotional standpoint this is you getting emotionally involved in the town mm-hmm. you and are knowing starting that there's to at love least, the town itself and knowing that i have at least one ally is a huge you know that's a big shift because if i was purely outsider for so mm-hmm. long and now finally somebody is willing to you know accept that maybe i'm not as crazy as they thought i was because both they and i have a connection with the loch ness monster now that's a big turn exactly exactly also, I should maybe mention that this the cottage has no like it's a it's like a septic system so the tourists would not it's a problem if the tourists have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I just want to mention it. It's one of I these like, like there's a whole subplot to be had <laughs> of that. Just like let's yeah. get some realism in there. <laughs> Look, if it's yellow, let it mellow, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or if there's an outhouse, it has a, a hornet's nest growing uh, on top uh, of it uh, that everyone's uh, afraid to touch. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, that's horrifying. I hate hornet. This is the the time for wasps right now too, and they're pissing me off. Right. I, I don't, don't know, know if you, you want to make the 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 friend you said you had that you like drank beer with or something. Maybe he runs the general store now. Maybe yeah, he's I still like at that. the putt putt. Mm. Uh, you know what? Let's just make it a random older gentleman. You know, I feel like it's always like an old man who's like, yes, I've seen, I've seen the lock. I've seen the monster. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a young, the young kids or anything. There's not even somebody in, <laughs> in their twenties or thirties. It's always an older man. I'm distracted now because I, there's a stray cat on my deck that I can hear going crazy. <laughs> he's letting me know he's here. He's just going nuts. Anyway. Sorry, that's beside the point. <laughs> this is like the opposite of an ASMR podcast. I'm like, <laughs> it's like I'm it's sorry raining. about all this rain. There's annoying There's a cat. cat <laughs> all these things could actually be really nice ASMR, but <laughs> I'm upset by them because I'm trying to record a podcast. Yeah. I'm allergic to lavender candles. Why are there all... <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, they're so fragrant. I, uh, okay, N- next one. Unless you have anything else in this you want to add or well, questions so I guess far. I just like, I'd be curious to know if I ever do have an encounter directly with Nessie. Like, does she take me on an adventure, you know, in the water at all? Uh, I've totally worked that into the season finale, Brie. Perfect. Then I won't, you know, I won't ruin it for anybody i'm not just gonna let nessie drop i'm not go- i'm going to honor the suggestion you gave me you're going to remove the jacket yeah. which is yeah. appeal as we know <laughs> i'm gonna give you the setup you wanted at the beginning but maybe not how you expected it oh i love a twist i mm-hmm. love a twist mm-hmm. 
this brings us into episode five, um, where I think the stitch and bitch has turned into a book club of sorts. Naturally, I'm not a great sewer. (laughs) Yeah. And and this week, you you have too much on your plate. You're Mm -hmm. running the ghost tours. You forget that it's your week to pick the book. Oh, no. You know, what's fun is that there was also in the cottage, like my dad is a big fan of like mystery novels. So there were always like tons of just very random, like dollar store mystery novels all over the place. So I love that that for the book club. That was it's very like much my, my grandmother's thing. She nice. she was very highfalutin in how she read, where she, she used to say to me as a kid, like, if I don't have to pick up a dictionary at least once every two chapters, it's a bad book. <laughs> but at the same time, if you went to the downstairs basement of that house, it was all Jackie Collins, like Harlequin romance novels. <laughs> your mom or your grandma, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your grandma was kinky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, like those totally have murders in them too. Like there's a, there's a specific Jackie Collins flair. Hey, maybe they maybe it's still incorporated some you know when we say ten dollar words do we call them ten yeah. dollar words maybe they were still you know written eloquently enough that she was like okay exactly <laughs> this'll do <laughs> but but so like you're struggling to find a book for book club and you just <laughs> find these this old stack of mad magazines yes because like- <laughs> we had them there were so many of them <laughs> And and at first you're being judged because Mad Magazine is not a book. Mm, mm, yeah. But people are like, this is beneath me. Right. But then you're like, these are really old and in really good condition. And you discover they're super valuable. Nice. Um, I even like the idea that they're just really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and the people yeah, yeah, in the yeah. book club are like, oh, this is what is this? This is beneath me. And then they are just they just read them and they're like, Alfred E. Newman, how could you? Right. <laughs> uh, when is this? How is the spy versus spy going to turn out? <laughs> What's the emotional arc? So, yeah, we have to have some moments where the people in the book club actually enjoy the mad magazines but mm-hmm. but then maybe i'm like oh hey these are in mint condition and i yeah, take like, them don't away do from the them. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Leave> them alone. <laughs> exactly it decreases the value on ebay do people still use ebay i know kijiji is a thing like that's my dad's yeah. favorite thing now is just like selling stuff on my dad loves to haggle I got a buddy who got really into that during the pandemic, got really into just like finding shit and flipping it on Kijiji. So I hear how it can be addictive. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then you end up with like a bunch of shit in your garage and you're like, what am I ever going to do with this? Somebody better come buy it like ASAP. And then you're having a garage sale to Mm -hmm. fix what you did on Kijiji to. Those are the troubles of Winnipeg life. Are your folks still in Winnipeg? Oh yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Are you in Toronto or in Winnipeg right now? I'm in Toronto. I never, okay. I never left. Okay. Oh, I went, crazy! I went down with the ship. Like yeah, this why not? is you're yeah. one of the one of the only ones. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody no, I'm, else I'm ran for the hills. Like, everyone left. <laughs> everyone. Everyone's in Hamilton now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
They have a burgeoning art scene. It's going to be fine. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got all this cash flow. You're mm-hmm. fixing up the cabin. This is going into episode six. Okay. You're fixing up the cabin. You become the high roller of the town. Ooh, status shift. And you buy the mini putt. <gasps> oh, my dream. Right? And I don't know if that means like your next door neighbor used to own, who hates you, used to own the mini putt or like, but it's gotta, it's gotta piss him off. Okay. I, yeah. It's going to piss the next door neighbor off, but I like the idea that maybe instead of with him that worked there, I like the idea that maybe he wanted to turn the land into, or he wanted to buy the land and turn it into something I don't a know. Regular golf course. Yeah. Ugh, or something. Yeah, like exactly. What a exactly. <laughs> like a yeah, a country club, you know, something real fancy. But, but it only had room for like one actual hole. <laughs> just one hole, because it's yeah, the length of even that was yeah, even the whole length of the mini putt, I'm sure, was smaller than an actual one hole of a golf in, course. If the mini putt is also on a burial ground, that just makes a good, that's almost essential to a golf course now, I feel. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Imagine like somebody, somebody gets, uh, somebody knocks a ball into the hole and then finds a bone when they're down there. It's a hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's this? Uh, this isn't my ball. It's a femur. <laughs> I'll tell you a really weird thing about Manitoba and Winnipeg is we have the most abandoned golf courses per wow. capita. So there's a bunch that just like didn't turn a profit. And of course, they've ruined the land now. They can't grow yeah. anything on it. So it's almost like condemned golf courses. That's crazy. And I can, Im- my, my brother who loves golf, I can imagine being like, fuck it. I'm going anyway. <laughs> And two things for my, my like one hippie rail is always like, well, we should turn that into like uh, low income housing mm-hmm. because yeah. it's also like its own community. It's not disrupting another one and that people need some and you can't grow anything off the land. Yeah, might as well put some housing there for sure. But the cool thing is, is Alice Cooper is addicted to golf. I knew that. And he loves Manitoba because he can just go through all these abandoned golf courses and not get bothered. So really, these just exist so that Alice Cooper can continue to play golf unbothered. Mm -hmm. That is. okay. so does. Oh, shit. Do I get into a fight with Alice Cooper who wants to play on this uh, golf course? I think maybe you you set up like an adult night at the mini putt where it's like booze and balls or something. Oh, my God. I love it. I love the name. (laughs) And you get into a fight with Alice Cooper. I love it. Fun fact, I have met Alice Cooper. I worked at a movie theater. I think we mentioned that. Yes, Mm -hmm, we worked mm -hmm. at a movie theater. Was he the guy who didn't know if he should see Lord of the Rings or not? (laughs) This was a different movie theater. And no, he came to see, uh, oh, come on, those Mission Impossible 3 is what it was. Um, Three is a good one. It was pretty good. Yeah, three was, I believe it was. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, and rest in peace. What a talent. 
Uh, but it took me everything not to do the you're not worthy thing. He came into the movie or he he was doing a show in Ottawa that night and uh, came to the movie and I guess called in advance to be like, I'm coming to this movie. Is it going to be busy? Am I going to get bothered? Kind of thing. Because uh, that happens. And sometimes, uh, for example, I had a, at the same movie theater chain, but Jerry Seinfeld came one day and he was like, I'd like to see this movie. Can I come and watch it before anybody opens or before the place opens? And people are like, of course, you're Jerry Seinfeld. Isn't that interesting? That's kind of great. I mean, I get that. I get that too. Yeah. Although Alice Cooper still like there were still other people at the, watching the movie with him. So he didn't have to rent it out just to himself. He seems very humble. He was from the brief interaction. He was really yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what I also thought of is uh, James Gandolfini had a cabin <sighs> Uh, up in uh, Lake of the Woods in Manitoba. And I think he was also in on this like abandoned golf course thing. Okay. Okay. So it's like a secret, just like really cool celebrities <laughs> get into. I guess so. Or like the scariest celebrities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Chuck <laughs> Norris and Brad Pitt are just riding horses around. Oh, oh no Manitoba is a, is a magical place. <laughs> it's It really is that like... There's so many bizarre things about it. <laughs> like not in a corner gas, like, oh, you don't know what you're missing. It's more of like an unsolved mysteries from the beyond. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so you spend more time out pot. there. Yes. It's- and now you're starting to be beloved in the town. Oh, I love this. I love this escalation of status. And you're just you're throwing money at everything because and you enjoy you want the people to like you. You're enjoying being part of the community now, which is surprising because at first I was like, I need to be alone. Exactly, Mm. exactly. But that's the character arc. That's the character arc. I'm growing as a character. I see that. Which which then leads into. This is when you invent a new breakfast cereal that changes. <laughs> and again, audience, these are all headlines that Brie has given me beforehand. But you invent a new breakfast. It's true. This is based on a story that when I was a kid, my sister and I at the cottage, we had uh, my mom made us. Uh, she made us my mom made us French toast. And we were like, wouldn't it be great if French toast was a cereal? And then sure enough, like a year later, they came out with French toast crunch and we're like, they were listening. One day I tried pouring um, uh, fruity pebbles into Captain Crunch and I'm like, this is it. This is it. And then what happened? What did your brain explode? It did because, like, I didn't realize in the states they had Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries for years. We're not allowed to have them in Canada. Yeah, only now, recently, this summer. Is that true? We have. It, oh, okay. We do now, and oh it God. pisses me off because I will go to the store and it'll say like brand new, and I'm like, no, it's not. You lie. <laughs> We're not living in like a communist dictatorship. I knew of the outside world. Yeah. We were aware like, of what was happening just, you know, a few hundred or a few kilometers away even. I don't know. How close is Winnipeg to the border? Uh, Minnesota, not that far. Okay. Yeah. We, we have good ties with Minnesota. Except I remember going over there as a kid and realizing I said toque because it was the winter. And everyone's like, what? You mean 
hat or beanie or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, you mean a wool hat. I'm like, why wouldn't you just have a word for that? Yeah. Shorten it, idiots. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a totally weird thing. Um, and I also feel like it's a Canadian rite of passage to go to the States and come back with all the sugary cereals we mm-hmm. can't get here. A hundred percent. And I think it's still... It still exists in your like later years of your adulthood, I feel. If ever you go back, it's like now there's stuff that you're like didn't even exist before. And you're kind of you have to you owe it to yourself to try this new insane cereal that they've come out with. I felt that way when I I lived in France for a bit and I felt that way the first time I saw chicken flavored chips. I was like, well, I have to try this. Best flavor of Lay's was only here for a limited time. Curry chicken powder Mm. chips was so good. Was it spicy or just the right amount? Uh, It was just the right amount of spice. Like it had a little bit of kick to it, but it wasn't like a sweet chili heat. Gotcha. Mm. It's more like it danced on your tongue. Ooh, that sounds tasty. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. You you invent this. This cereal, I like, cereal. You, you've gone into the local diner mm. and, uh, you know, everyone loves this, this local diner's flapjacks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you do, but while you're there, you combine a thing and make this sandwich or cereal or like a sandwich made of waffles or something. Oh God. Yeah, of course. Everybody loves Everybody loves. They go insane for it. Yeah. There's definitely a high amount of uh, maple syrup to it for sure. But anyway, except. Oh, (laughs) I was going to say, except for the the waitress who owns the diner, the one that wants to get out to the city and sing. She just hates you now because this entire time, almost as like the sea story for the whole season is you've been making her less popular. She is not the center part of the town anymore. Mm, So she thought this was going to be her out. And it's also like this chain of events is crazy. You have insane luck and Mm. it'd be hard not for someone to resent you for it. Sure. Yeah. So she has multiple reasons to dislike Mm -hmm. me because now that her restaurant is so popular, there's no way she can leave it. Whereas if it was just like, if it was just like less and less busy because people were more interested in what I was offering, she could probably just be like, oh, well, we're going to have to close the place down and then I'll have to move to the city. But now she, she can't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. And she finds an unlikely ally in your crotchety next door neighbor. I knew it. I knew it. What an asshole. (laughs) So then I wish I remembered his name. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably just like, something like innocuous, like Rick or something. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Crimmins or something. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was his name? Uh, oh, and well. he totally has garden gnomes. Precious, yeah. precious garden gnomes. Yeah. They hold his empty beer bottles. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like, oh, I would love hummingbird feeders that had mm-hmm. like Pabst Blue Ribbon in them. <laughs> Yeah, lots of drunk birds around that property. And squirrels, let's be honest, they'll get yeah, in there. Absolutely. Yeah, they can climb. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% a thing. So now you've got two enemies going against you, and we're into episode eight, which I have called 
Lucky Break slash Dark Past. So the A story is them plotting against you. The B story is us suddenly discovering the dark past, like a flashback Mm. into like why you came to the town. Maybe you didn't uh, honor the improv suggestion. Maybe Mm -hmm. you went AWOL from the military, Mm. tying it all back in. It works on both fronts. Right. Like maybe, maybe it's a born identity scenario. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I'd like yep. the C story just to be like you having insane luck and pissing everybody off. <laughs> just like almost like the throwaway episodes that we didn't know what to do with mm-hmm. on a mini journey of just like, oh, wow, I just found Spanish gold under this log. Or, <laughs> Of course. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff buried under that property. The, the conquistadors from Asbestos <laughs> buried their Spanish gold in their Lake Erie. I would, yeah. Yeah, I wonder, what would I do with that, though? Because it's probably got a lot of, there's probably some bad blood there, you know? Right. Well, and then mm. we're, maybe you are discovering that the house really is haunted. Maybe that's yes. another place that we yes. can go maybe but i mean if i'm really lucky then the ghosts are probably pretty cool like they yeah, don't it's mind. like a wacky next door neighbor scenario yeah they're like decent ghosts they're not like we're gonna fuck you up ghosts <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. it's more fun than that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so i don't know did you have any thoughts on your dark past hmm Hmm. I do like the idea of like an improv scenario gone wrong, or maybe I pulled up, you know what? It, maybe it's something like instead of object working a gun, I just pointed my finger like this <laughs> and actually like somehow ended up sh- shooting somebody. You know what I mean? Like oh, I didn't use object work properly and somebody ended up dead because of it. And I had to run away. Or you like picked an audience member that wouldn't stop saying should have said. And so every time you hear should have said, you have like a PTSD response. Mm -hmm. And which which is like the trigger from my military days. And I end up shooting everybody in sight. Yeah. Or or because you were the communications officer, like calling in the 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 napalm bombs or something. Yeah. Like said the wrong spot. Somebody, yeah, should have said was like the code word on the radio (laughs) to launch massive, massive attacks, (laughs) just like flattening cities. (laughs) Uh, So all of that, Andrew, all of that. All of it. All of it in a tight 22 minutes. Or because of streaming, it can be as long as we want. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Which brings us to nine you feel like you run this town and even more, you feel like you run yourself for the first time. You like who you are. Okay. And, and you want that power, but you want to give back Mm -hmm. and you decide to run. Yeah. I was going to say, because this place has helped me find myself (gasps) right where you left you. You can't see the faces we're making, but their mind exploded. It was gold. (laughs) You can't see the gold that we're acknowledging. So I want you to like that. This is, this is my own. These last two are my own personal pitches. I want you to run for mayor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get that law degree in there. <laughs> right. And I want the, um, 
either the waitress or the 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 neighbor to run against you. Oh yeah. Ooh. But they've yeah. also found out about your secret past. The, it's definitely one or the other, but the uh, the other one is their like campaign manager, so they're working very closely together. Right. I've been watching a lot of Veep, so I you know I could feel them conniving against me. Me too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like if I had to pick one, the waitress is the the campaign mm-hmm. runner. Yeah, I but, think it'd be woman against woman. I think would be you know more dramatic. And and they totally have the dirt on you. Also, mm-hmm. at some point when you're kicking around the house, and maybe this is a whole other story we just don't have time for. Like, I would like you to find like your parent, your dad's like Grateful Dead drug stash, yeah, or something. Oh, just like like lewds or mushrooms or something from like days past that would right. totally mess you up. Yeah, and that's when you see the ghosts or the Loch Ness monster comes they back. They finally appear. Oh, yes. Yes. And then I go on my adventure with the with Loch Ness Monster in the water all around. Yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. Well, and here's here's the build up to the season finale. Oh, I thought that was I thought that that moment was the season finale. But I know the season finale. But wait, there's more. The season finale. That's what I meant. Yeah. It's like it's actually going to be a real fight to the finish for this this mayoral race. Mm-hmm. And you decide to do a spectacle stunt. And you're going to go over the falls in a barrel. Fuck yeah, I am. Annie Edson Taylor's got nothing on me. That's the yeah. first woman who went over in a barrel. <laughs> I know. I When I worked at the Playwrights Guild, uh, my boss wrote a play all about her. Did he? Did she. he? She's. Well, yeah. Oh, she. I don't know why I assumed. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Just like people assume the first person to go over the falls was a man. I assumed the person who wrote about the first woman was a man. Right. Shame it's sort on of me. like a weird white knight way of just like, you're welcome, women. I <laughs> women, wrote look about... what I have done for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was must have been a bummer of a play because like that woman's life did not end well. <laughs> it, it was really good. Ellen Peterson, if you want to look it out. Shout I out will. to Ellen Peterson, who I hope to have on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I will definitely check that out. I'm, I really dig local history. <laughs> mm. uh, so I, yeah, no, I want you. I want the cliffhanger to be you going over the falls. <sighs> and would that be enough to win me the votes? And then the last thing you hear is when I fade to black is the cry of Nessie. She saves, she makes, yeah, absolutely. We don't know what happened, but we know Nessie's in play now, and the whole town Mm. sees it. (gasps) And they're like, she was right. Oh, my God. What's season two going to have in store? Because we're really really doing a lot of great setting setting up for season two. Because if season two, let's just say I do get, you know, win the mayoral ship, then it's, you know. I get to own. I get to run the whole town, and we get to see what mm-hmm. that's like. Maybe uh, uh, the Loch Ness monster is my press secretary, <laughs> right? I I would actually like it if all of a sudden you don't win because everyone mm. ends up voting for the your neighbor because they thought you died. So oh, why? That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but now your worst enemy is in charge of this whole town that you used to feel safe in. She tries to tear down my house and my mini putt and my everything. Yeah. But you've also got Nessie. 
And I think if the fact that people think my property is haunted might work out to my advantage if I come back and, you know, defend it a la, you know, Home Alone style. <laughs> um, but but oh, they yeah. think that I'm a ghost. No, but totally. I'm not a ghost, but they might think I'm a ghost. And it's also, like, I wish I could think of this word, but there's a word for it in like, it's an Irish phrase, but it's when uh, when the British used to come over to check up on all the different towns and mm-hmm. colonies, they used to screw with them. And mm-hmm. the town beforehand <laughs> would agree on a prank. Oh, I love that. They're just like, oh, there's one person who's entirely blue, but you just <laughs> missed him. And they just go around the whole town and everyone would tell a story about like, oh, I remember when the blue man walked by and it's like pokeroo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this time it's about Nessie. Like everyone yes. has like a shared secret of sorts. Because well, of course, like people, A, would have a hard time believing the Loch Ness Monster was in Lake Erie. You know, I think people would be. But then and then also believing that she was real. So anyway, it's a double, but she is, and she's here, mm-hmm. and she's saved my life. Or did she tune in? Oh, we don't know yet. <laughs> so, but like, we know. Obviously, we know that we're allies. <laughs> um. Oh, I forgot to ask you a, a question that I normally ask everyone off the top, which is: Is there a particular product that you would sell your soul for that you would just be? okay completely shilling out Mm. in this scenario or in general just in general could it be for a lakefront property like would that would that be okay because probably yeah yeah that's totally fine that works into the series really well because i think so yeah at first i hated this place and then i found it so reasonably affordable (laughs) and the commute was I also now, love the fact that you're running away from a dark past that is ostensibly a 40 minute drive away. Like, no one look over that hill. No one mentioned the hill. There's, yeah, there's a, a canal in between. So maybe, you know, five, five, ten minutes if the bridge is up, you know, and yeah, yeah. extra. It would be super easy for them to find dirt on you. But nobody goes to Wayne Fleet. <laughs> nobody's out there normally i we would just sort of talk through what the the trailer for the film would be okay uh and i don't know if you want to do that but i'm also interested in like do you have any idea what kind of a speech you would give before you go over the falls in a barrel about how the town has changed you and what it means to you now yeah, I mean, I, I obviously I would talk about like, I feel like the economic developments that I brought to the town would have to be right. at the forefront of my platform, right? Because I've brought in so much revenue mm-hmm. to the, you know, the the town's coffers. So obviously so the economic element of it, it would go it, into If you want to do that, our, my producer will just put, because part of this is a radio play. So he's been inserting, ideally, sound effects and stuff to go with everything we've been talking about the whole time. Mm -hmm. So if you want to give a speech of running for mayor, and then we'll just insert stuff over it, and I can, like, 
I don't know, yell questions at you or. Oh, I love this. It's like a press conference. It's, a, it's the press conference for my mayoral run. Yeah. Let's but you're say. in a, a giant barrel that's about to go over the falls. <laughs> Am I? N- uh, never mind. I'm clothed, right? For some reason, I, there's like this image of peeing in a barrel nude and that's just like i think something from the depression maybe it was like people don't have clothes so they have to wear barrels. yeah and they've got those like suspender straps yeah. over the barrel what was that was that just the depression <laughs> i think that was the depression mixed with like how homelessness was depicted in cartoons or i'm like fair i mean they have nothing but a barrel but they sure can dance right that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, for sure. So I'm fully clothed in this barrel. <laughs> well, I mean, it's your series. You can yeah, be... I am. Do, do we want <laughs> it on ABC or do we want it on HBO? You know what I, I mean? I would prefer an HBO show. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, it's rare that one can find themselves in their town. Normally, uh, normally it takes years for somebody to really feel welcomed in a place or like they belong. But when it came to uh, Asbestos, Quebec, it took not very much time, a little bit of hard work, and, well, it took all of you. I want to extend my gratitude and uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for your part in my journey. And that's why Brian I want to Fantana. represent you. Oh, yes. Brian please. Fantana, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Globe and Mail. I just want to ask, do you hate asbestos? How, uh, how, can, I, how can I hate asbestos? You know, asbestos is the heart and soul of this town maybe it is responsible for you know what i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie okay i don't hate asbestos what i do hate is what asbestos is doing to everybody here's health okay that's why a huge part of my platform is to uh uh fund cancer research and cancer medicate oh is it, it's not funny anymore if i ma'am, mention cancer ma'am. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 Timmy O'Shaughnessy, uh, oh. Elementary School Press. Yes. Thank you. Is the Timmy. asbestos what made what made your house so haunted and full of ghosts? Well, uh, the asbestos was definitely responsible for a huge amount of deaths in this area. So many of the ghosts are for sure asbestos related, but some even go back. Perfect. Yeah. You should come take a look. I'll give you and your buddies free tickets to the exhibit so you could come by and take a look, uh, take some photos. If you capture a ghost, like if you capture one on camera, you get your face put on a wall in uh, the kitchen. So, do you do you still have all those Mad magazines? I sure do, but you can't touch your you can't put your grimy little fingers on them, Timmy. Thank you. Next question. Anybody else? C- Cindy Rivers. Mm-hmm. Cindy. Uh, uh, good Sun to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just wondering. Uh, do you think that uh, you've been quoted as seeing the Loch Ness monster? 
Do you think that that could have been due to the asbestos exposure? Uh, from what I understand, asbestos uh, will cause problems to your lung capacity, but not necessarily to your brain capacity. I know what I saw. I know uh, there is a Loch Ness type creature, if not the Loch Ness monster herself outside in the Lake Erie currently. It's weird that I said the Lake Erie, but in Lake Erie currently. Why she's visiting this part of the world I aim to figure that out uh, so that we can, you know, better understand this uh, this creature and better welcome her into our uh, community. Uh, uh, Richard Chamberlain, uh, 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 Better Homes and Cottages. Uh, I was just wondering if you you could give our readers the, the inside scoop on your waffle sandwich. Richard, I don't know how many times we've been through this. I can't give you the secret ingredients. Uh, honestly, the the diner will go out of business if this if this leaks, right? If, so all I'll tell you is that a little bit of maple syrup and a little bit of love. I'll tell you that much about the sandwich. <laughs> that is surprising. I find that charming and relatable. <laughs> yes, she's got my boat. <laughs> well, this is, if there are no further questions, then I will oh, I proceed to my jump. Back. Oh, no, here we, oh, in the back. Okay, yes. What, what do you say to the allegations that Alice Cooper is suing you for assault and battery? Look, Alice Cooper knows what he got into when he came down here and, and tried to side with my neighbor Rick to uh, decimate our land uh, and, and to rip it apart to make it with the preposterous notion of building a golf course. You know, Alice Cooper is a wealthy man. He can play golf wherever he wants. He does not have to do so in our community here in Asbestos. That being said, he is an awesome shock rocker, and uh, I really appreciate his music. I don't know how I feel about that. I love Alice Cooper. I like golf. I find it simpler than mini putt. There's less obstacles in the way. Yeah, I know I'm divided. Mini putt uh, is a uh, is intended to uh, bring fun to the children of our community, and if you can just get over some of the obstacles, it'll actually improve your short game significantly, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so thank you, uh, thank you. No more questions. I will be jumping uh, over the fall. Oh no, one more and question. As you do your closing statements, the whole town starts chanting: "Jump, jump, jump." Some people positively, some people negatively. And I do the most beautiful swan dive into Niagara Falls. Well, although I'm completely in the barrel, so you wouldn't be able to see my swan dive. But in my head, I'm swan diving. Hit a massive rock on the way down. And then a tail (laughs) comes out, scoops me (laughs) <laughs> into the rap. We just see the 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 crowd's face like ooh ah eh, ah, and <laughs> then as Homer it's fading Simpson. to black, we all of a sudden hear from the depths. Oh, <laughs> oh we don't even the see ear. the tail. We just hear it. I see. We like see a tail. the tail, and we okay. hear the cry of Nessie <laughs> as we fade to black. And executive produced by Dick Wolf. Just <laughs> <laughs>
oh, this has to get made. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, how do you feel about it in retrospect? Oh, I love this series. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready for the green light. <laughs> I, I feel like we already got the first season down in the bag. It's perfect. There's nothing. I mean, what you've created here, Andrew, is the perfect television program. I mean, you created it, Brie. I just structured it. it. Structure. Yeah. But that's what we need, you know. That's yeah. that I think we created something really fantastic together. And I think, you know what, it it combines the Canadian experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um And I mean everywhere has cabins. That's right. Uh, it is quintessential. That's right. What, quintessentially. What are you going to do with all the money that you're going to receive now any day or awards? Uh, I'll probably help people uh, who have lung conditions because of asbestos. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a serious problem. And maybe mm-hmm. a- a- be, become a, a, an activist to make sure we can stop selling that shit to, so that we don't kill a bunch of Chinese people while we're at it. <laughs> And I mean, we may never know. Is this best of French or is it Spanish? We get like an, I feel like an easy task would be to just Google it and get its origins. But I don't want to no, do that. I don't no, want it. I There's got to be somewhere mystery. to go in the second season. That's right. We're going to find, oh man. Do you see like an episode of like the founding of the town of asbestos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> it's would be like great. Rick's, Rick's, you know, great, great grandparents or something. And <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, I, I, I loved this. Thank you it's so much for doing this. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we went to the direction of the cottage because I think it added a lot of fun visual play. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, Maybe just uh, if, if if you're in the Niagara region, you want to watch a fun comedy show, you could come check out Improv Niagara. Um, all of our shows and stuff are posted online. And then, you know, come early and watch the uh, the the murder-based wax museums go through the tours <laughs> do the whole thing the wine tour the wax museums made the of improv the mist. Night, the maid of the mist which is now called the hornblower tours <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i think the americans bought the rights to the name made of the mist so in canada the boats that we have that are essentially still the same thing uh, are called hornblower tours, <laughs> possibly I, cruises. I, can't I don't know stop how fancy they are. I know <laughs> hornblower. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? The I don't think the we hornblower. Can, <laughs> we can end on a classier note than hornblower. <laughs> <laughs> this is a classy podcast, everyone, and you are welcome for the genius that has taken place here today. Mm. Thank, Thank you, you Andrew. That was so fun. <laughs> I'm going to be hiring extras as ghosts for this. So if anybody wants to wants to play a part, just hit me up. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Punch Up Your Life has been a stupid fancy production in partnership with Showbiz Monkeys. The show was hosted and created by Andrew Lazat. You can find Andrew on Twitter and Instagram as at ThinLazot, or check us out on Facebook at Punch Up Your Life. Theme music was composed and performed by Leif Ingerbritsen, photography by Tyra Sweet, and artwork was designed by Todd Graham. The show was produced, 
edited, fact-checked, and all questions and tangents were researched by me, Matt Ardell. Please remember to like and subscribe, and leave a comment. Let us know which stories you'd like to see get made into a film, or pitch us your own story. Who knows? You could end up being the next guest of the show. Thanks for listening, and remember, you are the hero of your own story.